Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The first four hours were simply in a moose-bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure you don't want no dessert? Not for me. Your table is ready for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast scene. We're brought to you by Extend. Lima, huge news in the world of NASCAR. Oh, so this is big. Let's go. Kyle Busch. Yeah. To Richard Childress Racing. Boom! Kaboom! Don't act like you don't care. He's driving the Kaboom car? No, he's driving the number eight. Was Kyle Busch the M&M? Yes. yes. Now He's what is candy he? Man. Now what is he? I don't know. He'll probably have several sponsors. Take five. <laughs> Take five. <laughs> PB Max. So this is this is weird. Kyle Bush is older than me. Yeah, go ahead. And so it's still where like I don't I feel odd. This is a very weird conversation to have now. Like I really like Nick Chubb. And I really like Miles Garrett. Kyle Bush is older than both of them. Yeah. But they're younger than me, so I can't be like, ooh, I'm such a big fan for whatever reason. I agree with you. It gets it weirder. It sit with me. It well. gets weirder as you get older. Now, not every fan shares well, that but sentiment. Exactly. I think you and I are in the minority. Not, maybe it's because of what we do, although we don't cover NASCAR, so maybe it shouldn't be the same. But I'm in agreement with you. Like People thought it was weird, my devotion and love for Aaron Kraft. Yeah. And at certain points, like, yeah, you know, when you really think about it, he is a lot younger than me. He's in college. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was like 31. Kind of weird. And now I'm 41. Yeah. I can never, like even as a goof, maybe as a goof I can do it. But I can't I can't walk around. And maybe that's that's what fans do, whether it's Baker Mayfield, whether it'll eventually be Deshaun Watson, whatever. It does get weird. Like it's still cool for your kids. Maybe you just disguise it as your kids. Yeah. Maybe you go up there with your kids and go, hey, isn't this awesome? When really, it's secretly you that thinks it's awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, uh, but in, in, in my like world, you, of NASCAR, let, let, wait, real quick. If yeah. you were in, let's say, Marble Room or wherever, any, any of the restaurants downtown, okay? okay? Say it's Blue Point, a nice sponsor to the station. There nice steakhouse. Nice steakhouse. Yes. And and I'm not saying like which you, we will also be having just a salad and breadsticks dinner. Not lunch. We don't open for lunch. I don't do lunch. Well, for the game. Well, you got to remember, combine it, combine it with the Halloween frenzy that is going to be taking place with our drive-through costume emporium. Yeah, so many people got upset with me about Olive Garden, and I said, "Okay, to hell with you. We will have a breadsticks and salad lunch or dinner, but it'll be a lunch portion served at dinner. If you want anything more, to hell with you." 
but you even still, though it's unlimited, you still have to tip still, on the dinner prices. Are you still doing yes. for spooky season? Are you still doing the candy corn chowder? Uh, you know what? It was controversial last year. I decided to go against it. Okay. It's actually just hey, it's a, your place. His, it's your move. His focus groups did not like it's it. It's actually just a bunch of melted down candles. Not even Yankee candles. Better homes and gardens candles. But they're the ones that smell good. Yes. So it's a game changer. It might yes. not taste good, but it smells good. True. Dandy and depending lion. depending on how you're dealing with your bout of long-standing COVID, if you're a long hauler, you might not smell it or taste it. True. So it doesn't matter. It just I'm gets the job the done. I'm an over-the-road COVID guy myself. There it is. Um, Wait, but what I'm saying is, if you, <laughs> if you were at the restaurant, not owning the restaurant, oh, yeah. where you kind of have to... You have to act in awe sometimes of the athletes that come in. You want them to come back, but you don't want to bother them. If you are at a restaurant and Nick Chubb is sitting there. I've been at a restaurant when a bronze player has been there. But you're not with your kids. It's you and your wife. Are you snapping a picture for your threads? Are you going over and saying, hello there? Let me disrupt your dinner by coming over as a fan and saying something that every other fan is going to say. And remember that one run because you think you're going to stand out. Hey, remember the one run? And he's going to say, thank you. You've ruined my dinner. And now he's a jerk to you, and you're going to tell all your friends what a jerk he is. How do you handle that situation? I might have told John about this, but I don't think I did. One day when Axel was just a tyke, we went to the, the zoo. With the Cleveland Metro Park I've Zoo. I've been there, yeah. And I know I saw John Greco there. And, uh, and Liz In goes, which cage? Doesn't that guy... Did he let the wolf out? He goes, she goes, doesn't that guy play for the Browns? And I looked over and go, oh, that's John Greco. And she mm-hmm. goes, isn't he nice to you? I go, yeah, but I'm not going to bother him. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go up and have some weird, hey, how you doing? Like, I know him much better yeah. now. Yeah. But even then, he was still a good guy. But I'm like, I'm not going to go be weird. Well, when you think about it, there's plus it was like over there. I'm not walking over there well, by the elephants. I, I have go. a close one. So Friday night, I'm doing the chains. Ah. Right, I'm doing the chains Friday night. The whole we game. We should have talked about this on the air. How have we not talked about the you whole on the game, chain game? No kidding. Greg Newsom stood behind me. Wow. Basically, the whole game. I thought to myself, like, what do I do? Turn around and go. I hope you guys win on Sunday. Like, what am I supposed to do there? I just let it go. I did not. But, like, 50 different people came over, and they go, you know, that's Greg Newsom over there. It is a, it is a communal thing like, that yeah, happens. Yeah, cool. He plays for the Everybody, Browns, and he likes football. It yeah. spreads like a wildfire. The rumors of somebody being at something happens in nightclubs. It just starts I, to get out. And then the game of telephone starts, and it's like, always turns into, I heard LeBron was there. And then three weeks later, the story is, yeah, we were right next to LeBron James, even though LeBron was never there. Yeah. It was just a broken game of telephone. I, and I realized I didn't get to say anything about Kyle Bush here, but either way. Um, Who? I felt bad. I can't believe I didn't bring this up on the air either, especially when Bernie texted us and said he was listening. So Bernie got in the RV with me on Friday. Okay. On, t- on Friday night touchdown. Mm. And Did he bring his tweezers? No, but I felt like a, the biggest jerk ever because <laughs> Bernie was going to be on TV with me like every hit. Like, Bernie's on. We're doing it. Right. Well, we get to the stadium. We're at Riverside. Painesville Riverside mm-hmm. High School. Beautiful stadium. Nice yep. people. The Hilltoppers, right? Against Chardon. Yep. They beat the streak. They ended the 31-game oh, really? winning streak. It was incredible. But I noticed, I'm so if we go to the tailgate, I will. It's very hard for me to get away from anybody who says hi. And so we've always had a person or two people who have yanked me away 
to mm. to bring me to your stage. It's the best way to do it. To do it, and they just get in the way, and it's not, it's not a no means no from like the Washington football team back in the day, but it's mm. like he's got to go, and so they just yank me because I I hate saying I have to go to people. Why well, had Bernie with me? And all of a sudden, I had to be the jerk to go, Bernie's got to go. <laughs> That's great. Because I need Bernie and, and RJ, who's a hell of a photographer and a great guy. He's got to get his shot ready. He's over there. Well, we're trying to make our way into the stadium. And everybody wants a picture with Bernie. And I can't deny people. Some guy came up. He goes, I got married on Bernie's 18th birthday. And I'm like, okay. But he's like, but Bernie didn't know, and we had a good laugh. And I was like, Bernie, this guy wants his picture with you. So Bernie gets his picture with him. And then there was another guy who said, I'm 74 years old. I'm a Browns. I swear to God. He goes, I'm 74 years old. I'm a Browns fan. I love Bernie. I've always wanted to meet him. I go, Bernie's got to get his picture with this guy. Yeah. But there's all these other people It'll never in between stop. Bernie and it, the guy I just sent him to, and then this never, guy. It will never and stop. And I'm like, we got to go. We got to do this hit at 624. And so I'm like, guy, I go, this guy's the last one. Bernie's got to go. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And I felt terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I'm it's like, a really hard thing. I, I, I did. I said to the producer, I go, never again. I can't do it. I don't have the heart. I go, if, if we're going to do this again, someone else has got to come. I will not do it. I uh, felt terrible. It's brutal. It's brutal. Oh, and you told me to watch that Conan O'Brien documentary yeah. where his show was over. So he goes out. And he does a tour, a grueling yeah. tour. He's losing his voice every night. I saw night. that documentary. I loved it. And what was one of the most uncomfortable moments was you can tell, yep. even though he wants to be with his fans, he lo- it was his idea. He wanted to do all this. By the end of it, it becomes the same thing every night. He has no energy. Right. He's getting really mad that they're shuffling around executives in every city, that, that he has to spend time with them. And at the end, he lays down the gauntlet. He's And Conan's a nice person. Everyone says he's a nice person. But he turns into Ellen DeGeneres all of a sudden. He's like, no more autograph sessions afterwards. And I can't take pictures with every person. You've got to stop this. You've got to save me. But you've got to, well, for a guy like that who's got the money, obviously. And this is a little different than being on Touchdown Friday Night or Friday Night Touchdown with Bernie, right? You've got to hire a guy. Like, you could pay me. I will go. I have no problem being a prick to people in public and going, hey, guys. He's got somewhere he's got to be. We got to run right now. I would right? consider it. I'm not kidding you. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about like, it off air. Be, we'll like, talk about my fees. Well, Bernie has had security with him. Well, that's the but thing. now that, Bernie. I got, but Bernie's changing. You got to tell Bernie, and maybe maybe we'll do it on the thread in unison. He's getting a little too cavalier with the fans again. He's like among them. So on on West Six, I just asked, are you going to be on West Six? Because he's been hanging out near Gus's yeah. trailer and then going into Barley House to to hang out in the back room with the other Browns players and other right. who's who and whatever. But he passes through everyone else and he has no problem doing it. But when that happens, Bernie can't get to where he needs to get to well, on time, and it's frustrating to his people who are trying to keep him on schedule. That's why you have to have somebody to do it. Like we who's had more a guy. Fam- who? Who would have it tougher? That's think about it. The problem. Who would have exactly. it tougher than Bernie walking through? And I know, like, listen, Man. I've been. I keep saying, listen. I'm sorry. In town, in town, Whoa. nobody, nobody. Drew, I don't think Drew. I think Drew Carey could get between point A and B easier, especially for. I think Halle well, Perry, he doesn't look like he doesn't look Sunday like Drew Carey. Yeah, 
It's true. I think a lot of people think it's Drew Michael Carey Simon. Drew Carey. But even and now because actually Michael Simon doesn't because look like Bernie Michael does Simon the anymore. commercials. Bernie does the commercials, so even yeah. our kids. Yeah, do, that's a good point. Who don't? They might not. Oh they'll go. God. Who's that guy? And then you explain so we're Bernie. Spending Fifty years. Yeah. There were fifth graders. These kids are in fifth grade football from Chardon. Came up to get their picture of Bernie, and Bernie afterwards goes. I can't believe those kids. I, he's like, they don't even. He's like, those kids don't know who I am. I go, yes, those kids know well, exactly who you are, Bernie. And then the other thing is, dads watched you yes, when they were my age, yes, or when I was. We were they've all seen kids the, kids they've are, seen yeah. the video now of Bernie in the tank top and the shorts, yeah. and they're all yeah. wearing that same stuff again, Dude, right? But, uh, so. It's all coming. The air back. raid picture. And oh, by yeah. the way, it's not just the dads. You said the dads. It was the mothers oh, yeah. of everybody that I knew. Their parents. The mothers had posters. The mothers. Yeah. Posters were a much bigger deal back then, I think. Sweet. I don't know. Are people doing posters? No. Anymore? No. Okay. Posters were in every room. And to think about parents having posters like in the 80s. It was that crazy. And so Bernie transcends generations. Of bro- this is why when Bull came in here on day one, it's like, Bernie? The 500 quarterback. What are you talking oh, about? Man. It's like you can't know. You wouldn't know unless you're from here. You would not know nope. how central a figure he was. And in fact, it was the way that they dealt with him, the way the next management uh, dealt with him with Belichick and that whole thing that almost endeared Bernie more well, because he, he was right. wronged according to the fans. That's, and that's, I think, that's what makes him such a special thing because I don't think they have that. Like, we know some Giants fans, and they bring up LT, but there's still Jets fans there. Oh, good point. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. to a Jets fan, LT is the holy grail. But Bernie's different because he's from here, and he made a way exactly. for him to get back here. Exactly. That would be like, so say Drew Aller in three years, and something happens with Deshaun, and Drew just goes, hey, supplemental draft. Yeah. I want to be back there in Cleveland. And he forces his way into getting to be a Cleveland Brown and being the next Exactly. I, I don't know if. Like that might be the only way, but I still think it's 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 a very special thing. And I hated doing it. I absolutely hated it. I knew because it was weird because it's like always like somebody is pulling us in a direction, and then I had to pull someone else in a direction. I go, this sucks, this sucks because I hate telling anybody no, and then I hate telling anybody no. They can't talk to Bernie because Bernie's the best. Well, so when you when you think about it, because. You would never think about it, especially like me as a kid. If somebody didn't give you an autograph, I remember going to Municipal, and I remember there was this this catcher, Andy Allison, and he wouldn't sign. I had a I had a baseball that one of the they, they would do. There's no one so in the Mr. stadium. It's kind of what it was. Mm-hmm. One of the bad boys <laughs> threw us a foul ball like we were near first base. Yeah. And then at the end of the game, walked down. Andy Allison was coming out. And he wouldn't. He was the only guy I could get his attention. I saw his name on the back of his jersey, and then I looked at the program. Like, oh, Annie Ellison. And I'm like, can you can you sign my baseball? It's like one of the first games I've ever gone gone to. And he wouldn't look at me, and he kept walking. As a kid, maybe maybe my dad owed him I money. I wonder if he had a really I don't know what was going on. Jerk. That's but, true. But he, maybe my dad owed him but, money. But you know, for the rest of my life, I remember that story, and that's the problem in this whole mm. interaction. Is that that doesn't mean he's a dick. He's having a bad day. But he might have went over four that day because you probably don't remember the game, right? No, no, I got sent back down to AAA. Seriously, but in my eyes, he was a dick, and I told people the rest of my life he was a dick. And now, like I'm a grown up, I'm like, ah, maybe he was a dick, but maybe he was a normal guy. Maybe he's maybe he donated a lot of money to Make a Wish earlier that day and was a great person. Yeah, but he didn't sign my baseball. And so now, when you think about that. 
remember these types of things when you see an athlete or a celeb or an influencer at a restaurant at the zoo like you influencer. you you realize is there a well those are the ones that are more famous now is there a different cuz I do I listen to Conan's podcast a lot and he said he'll do he'll sign anything take a picture with anybody on the street as long as he's not at dinner like don't interrupt that's a big him at thing. dinner. Dinner is a huge thing, Who but says it's that? it's Conan. When, but the okay. problem is that's when you're most likely to see somebody right. because, because they're, they're out among you. Well, and they're they're setting in one spot, so they're yep. not moving. And you know anybody who's ever this is an LA thing, Kenny. I told you about the night that Drake was at was like two tables away. Yeah, the entire place knew that Drake was there before they even saw Drake. It because it just spreads. It spreads the rumors. Everybody starts going, now. I who's did. over there? There was a place in Crocker. It's not the same place anymore. It was an Italian place, and it had seating right on the corner, outside seating, right? There was a former Indians pitcher. Who Josh was, Tomlin. Yep. Yeah, I figured. He I lived felt, right over there, right? I felt, felt like he, he was like, hey, put us out front so I can get so I can get some people asking for autographs, maybe. Because <laughs> he, was, he was on the DL at the time, too. So nobody had even seen him on TV for six months. And it just felt like he was like... You want to you want an autograph? I'll give you an autograph. Give, give me a yeah, I'll yeah. Get, yeah, give me a Come here. It's me, it's Josh. I'll get you. <clears throat> We're brought to you by Xtend. xtendav.com. So I don't get to say what I wanted to say. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. So Who, I'm time. still I can, he's older than me so I can still kind of be in fan mode. And I'm kind of excited because Kyle Bush is a you either love Kyle Bush or hate Kyle Bush. There's this weird thing that goes amongst NASCAR fans. Dale Earnhardt, before he died, there were a lot of people who hated Dale Earnhardt. And then he died, and now everybody, like, he's the icon of icons, and everybody loves Dale Earnhardt. There are some people like, I hated Earnhardt, but, you know, this, that, and the other. Well, Kyle Busch is the closest thing to a Dale Earnhardt that we have. Now, Kyle Busch doesn't have the backstory Dale Earnhardt does, not by any not by any stretch. But the driving style, the... You know, people go, well, he wouldn't wreck Ron Hornaday in a truck race. Yeah, well, Jeff Bodine has some stories about Dale Earnhardt that are not very great. Um, Kyle Busch is probably the closest thing we've ever had. But, and you're going to laugh, I I can't describe it like this because there's sponsors and I don't want to mess anything up. (sighs) How do I put it? Just, I've never been a big, I've never been a big Joe Gibbs racing guy. Actually, I haven't been a big Joe Gibbs. I was a big Joe Gibbs racing guy before, and then there was a certain point where I wasn't a big Joe Gibbs racing guy. Some people read between the lines on that, and some people won't. Well, he went Kyle Busch. I just thought he was just some idiot knucklehead who was a kid when I was a kid who um, when he raced at Hendrick Racing, and then he was at Joe Gibbs, and now he's at Richard Childress, which is the same place that Dale Earnhardt raced with or raced for. And so now it's like, okay, I get to have some fun because now I get to be a fan of the villain. And so it's kind of nostalgic in a way. I get to be a fan of the guy that some that a lot of people hate. So I'm kind of like a fan again. Like I've always loved racing and I've always loved observing it. And like, yeah, like Tyler Reddick, Tyler Reddick's fun because he would come on the show and Matt Tift, but Matt Tift doesn't because, you know, his affliction head can't, can't race anymore. So BJ McLeod races and. We love Matt Colling, so it's like, okay, we pull for his teams, but there's not a connection with the drivers. There's more of a connection with the owner. With Kyle Busch, 
yeah, you know, there might be a because I I was a kid. And I grew up a Richard Childress racing fan because of Dale Earnhardt. And I like Mike Skinner, and uh, here I am, maybe a fan of Kyle Busch. So that's a little bit of fun. That's only my piece on that. That's I know fine. you don't care. No, that's fine. And I, I was when gonna, you say that's fine, that means you don't care. No, I, I was going to ask you. Maybe it wasn't going to be today. I wanted to ask you if F one's increase in popularity can help NASCAR. I think it can. I think it can. Like, they don't have to compete, right? I think it can. I think it has. There's a big science crowd that's in, um, and I think it has. They're different disciplines. I was just remarking the other day, I cannot believe how much bigger the F1 car is than what it used to be. Um, You should do a site. Go find on Google a side-by-side of what an F car was then and what an F1 car is now. I mean, the size of the car is double what it used to be. It is so much bigger than what it used to be. I cannot believe how big an F1 car is now. Does that make it harder to navigate? Does it talk to oh, somebody, an idiot like me, who has no idea? I think, well, I mean, the drivers are the best in the world. So, you know, a lot of it's just based on the, the, the geometry plus the speed and the reaction time that's in there. I think it's probably safer. It's a safer thing because it's a bigger automobile. It's a bigger structure. There's more to run to protect you. Um, so it's like a Buick? Yeah, but it's also... <laughs> It's also a, just a, a missile in comparison to what it was. Like before, mm-hmm. they weren't as fast as what they are now. And some people may disagree with that just because of the new systems and things like that. They weren't as fast, but they were a hell of a lot more dangerous. The Halo, we've already seen the Halo work brilliantly this season. I forget which one. I want to say it was Bahrain, but I think I'm totally off on that. Uh, where someone went over on top and they just, they, they on, on like the opening, the, the, right when they went into the first turn. On the first lap after the lights went out, someone went on their roof and slid and then did a roll, and it was the, the halo that stopped it, which is perfect. Because mm-hmm. the halo, it's got you have the halo above you, and then you have the, the bar that's right in the middle to keep everything there. And you're never really looking ahead. You're looking to the left or right. So the bar is not as obstructive or obtrusive as I thought it would be originally. So it's a bigger car. It's a faster car. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, I tried to watch. I, some people are going to dis. They're not going to believe this. I tried to watch the F one documentary series on Netflix. I never really got into it because I'm already a I'm already an F one fan. That must that must be why you didn't get into it. And I'm, I, because so is that like an instructional? No, it's no, it's just they're like it's a reality TV show about these drivers. That show blew up the sport. It did for casual fans. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a lot of these people who are like they're acting like they're. I look at them differently. They're they're acting like they're F1 experts. A lot of people like, I'm sorry, a lot of guys on the Ringer and stuff. Oh, F1, really? They all they're all talking about it. And all these podcasters. And I've been watching F1 since Schumacher, and honestly, since Ayrton Senna, Mm -hmm. and. I, I have been trying to rem- – I've had to remind myself, this is good for motorsports. Don't be a gatekeeper. Which Don't is, be like Which that. is what all the yeah. biggest fans of people, every sport people do. People saying they're big F1 fans now, and I'm going, where were you three years ago? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, don't do that. Don't do that. Because at some point, like football's football. I think the NBA is the NBA, even though the NBA will have mm-hmm. ebbs and flows mm-hmm. of when it's more popular and when it's lesser, uh, uh, not as popular. Um, I, I, I believe this will probably come to an end at some point the infatuation with F1. And so I want to maximize it and hold back as many as the fans as I possibly can. And hopefully they'll tune in on Sundays and watch NASCAR races, even though that's becoming harder and harder and harder and harder to do 
because they insist on starting these races after kickoff of NFL games. And I just think it's impossible. I think the best thing for NASCAR ratings, a lot of people, and, and, and TV presidents would disagree with me, which they're the ones who make the rules they know. <clears throat> I think that a great way to hold audience is to start a race before 1 o'clock. I agree with you. If you start a race at noon on the East Coast, I know it starts at 9 on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Your fans are predominantly in the Southeast anyway. They're college football fans. They're getting home from church. They are more concerned about what Georgia did last night and Auburn did last night. Uh-huh. And so they're not as in tune with the Falcons or the Saints or the Bucks or the Dolphins or the Jags. So I think that they're going to watch NASCAR. Dude, look at, at the noon. look at the audience right now for English Premier League, Champions League. You know what time those matches start? Fans oh, are proving uh, that they the, uh, will get out of America? bed. Oh, they are proving that they will get out of bed early and watch sporting events and mm-hmm. gamble on them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Doesn't matter what time. And NASCAR does have live gambling, which I, I don't think it's like under the umbrella in NASCAR, mm-hmm. but you can gamble on it. Like, uh, well, Bristol's a different animal because Bristol is, that'll start at 730 on Saturday. That's a night race. But like next Sunday, Texas. Texas is a historically boring track. 3.30 p.m. If the Browns didn't play on Thursday, no, I, I'm not even going to lie. I'm going to watch the NFL that day. Sunday, October 2nd, 2 p.m. to Talladega. Because that would be a 1 o'clock start central time. Alabama's in the central time zone, correct? Correct. Mm. Okay. Uh, that would be a that'd be a 1 p.m. Tal- Why is it not 11 a.m.? <laughs> they started the Firecracker 400 11 a.m. back in the day on July 4th weekend. That's when that race started. There were times where NASCAR fans will tell you 10.30 a.m. to get it in for the weather. Now they have lights, and they can do it differently now. But, is but that if they thought weather was moving in, we'll start it at 10.30 or 10 a.m. That was a holiday weekend, though, right? It was a holiday weekend. But you can start a NASCAR race at noon on a, on a, on a Sunday, get an hour of people watching, take away some of the audience away from the pregame yeah. shows, well, that's and hopefully you... retain the first quarter mm-hmm. hour, even the first half that's hour, hour to... until, the, until halftime. Yes. Watch the race anyway, right? Is yes. the beginning and then the last 20 laps, 30 yeah. laps, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I, I if, all I'm trying to do is just win, just like what we do. We're trying to win a quarter hour. That's all we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. You know, keep programming on. I don't know what happens, but at 12.59, make sure that race is on. And make sure it's going through and not have a commercial break until, I'd say, 1.10. I mean, I try to go as long as I possibly could without a commercial break. Right in that split, get those fans, see if I can hold on to them. Because if it's still 0-0, like I say I'm a big Commanders fan, whatever, Panthers fan, if it's still 0-0, eh, let's see what's going on still with this race. If it's 3-0, eh. And by the time you actually want to click in, second half, race is over. Mm-hmm. Race is over. So I would say shorten races, start them at noon. Anyway. I'd watch. I wanted to talk about college football today. A couple of big things. I, first off, let's do the Ohio State thing. Is Ohio State just working out wrinkles, or should there be some nerves there? Uh, I think they are absolutely. God, this is going to sound like such a homer take because I don't know. I don't know. I you know Alabama struggled in their game. Uh, Georgia looks you know like they're going to be insanely good again. Mm-hmm. But Ohio State, this is a year where you have a chance because your quarterback is supposed to be really good, and it's supposed to be better than a lot of the other quarterbacks. And 
I think what you are seeing, it's going to sound like a homer take. I do think that Ryan Day, not holding back, that's that's the wrong verbiage, but I think he is in the process of transitioning the identity of Ohio State football. The really? I, The identity over the last seven years or so has been offense, 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 throw the ball up and down the field, score in two plays. Don't worry about the stress that might put on your defense because we're going to outscore everybody. And I think what Ryan Day has come to the realization is that, yeah, he's still got to recruit really well in the trenches because those are the teams that really win the national championship, the the teams with the dominant defensive lines and the dominant offensive lines. They still win them. And then you assume you'll have talent all over the map because you're Ohio State. I think he realizes – Complimentary football is still really important. It's something that's hard to talk about. It's not sexy to talk about complimentary football, but scoring in two or three plays doesn't always help you. Doesn't always help you. Oh, yeah, we scored. Okay, we're putting the pressure on on their own. But your defense has to run right back out there. And look at what happened in the Coombs era. Those defenses were not as sound, okay, and they didn't even have a chance – to, to catch their breath in some of the big games. They were up and down the field. The offense did them no favors. The offense is going to be there. Does anybody really sitting here worried about whether or not Ohio State wants the game against they Clemson. get everybody healthy on, on offense? What was the final score of the, of the uh, playoff game against Clemson? Do you remember off you know, the top of your Do you head? know I missed that whole game? Why? Coming back. on I've missed all their biggest games lately. I was on an airplane coming back from 49-28. somewhere. 49-28. Yeah. What was the final score of that Jeez. game? Ohio it's against State, Trevor Lawrence. Ohio State had 35 at half. Mm-hmm. They were up 35-14 at half. Mm-hmm. Everything slowed down second half. If your pace is different, your defense is different, I mean, is that a bigger... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Blowout. Yeah, I'm just I mean, questioning. I, I mean, just, d- questioning. just think back. Now, maybe I've been too schooled, and granted, football has changed a lot since Jim Trestle was coaching, but I was schooled during the Jim Trestle era, and my God, would he focus on complimentary football. Oh, yeah. And he had talent. Now, he didn't have the talent that Urban did, but there were key years where he had a talent advantage in almost every game, but you would never know it. You'd never know it because they really did believe in making sure to play with their pace and their identity. And for Jim Trestle, it was more important than scoring. It was more important for him to worry about special teams, flipping the field, field position, and making sure your defense was in in the yeah. position they needed to be. And we all, by the way, don't think that I wasn't bitching when they were struggling and they were looking like Iowa's offense. And it was Jim Bowman well, was their offensive coordinator, and it looked antiquated. I don't know if they, know if they ever looked as bad it, as that offense. True, right well, that's true. I mean, gee, but, don't, but I, it was I, antiquated, yeah. and we all hated it. And then when they got Urban Meyer, we're scoring forty plus a game. We're like, yeah, this is what we want. But what happened to the defense? What happened to the defense? The yeah. defense. Do you think it's any shock that? And by the way, Urban recruited better defenders, more talented, more stars. But what happened? They were giving up thirty a game. Why? Because you can't have both. You really can't. Even Alabama's best teams, I mean, yeah, they've had some almost perfect teams. There's always a flaw. And right now their offensive line, by the way, Alabama's offensive line was a flaw at the end of last year. It looks like a flaw at the beginning of the year. I forget who it was who took the – was it uh, Orlovsky? No, Brugler. Brugler did it. Uh, Put a highlight on Bryce Young. It was like he was getting no time. Right. He He was under the rest of the entire game. He saved the day. I mean, by the way, are you a little bit worried about – Texas and being excited about a loss. No, they like they got UTSA coming to town today. Owen, Owen sees it. Owen, I'm not. I'm not worried about it. Can I tell you, Owen? Not today, but this weekend. He's our resident sooner here. I will say what impressed me most because Ewers was out of the game. Yeah, he got hit. And got taken out of the game with I'm not a hit. laughing at him being hurt. I'm just laughing at the way you said that. I'm sorry. That's, that's his name. That sounds bad. There's, yeah, there's ten syllables. Uh, that guy's going to make more money never playing football than ever before. It's the healthy bacteria. Oh, I, I, incredible. I'm just going to say it now. If you're an Iowa booster, if you're the guy who owns the Iowa 80 uh, truck stop, yeah. get your ass down to Texas or get your ass down to Clemson. Get that Cade, Cade Club yeah, kid. Yeah, I know exactly. Stay right outside his house or stay right outside and get either Hudson card or Queenie mm-hmm. because that's got to stop. That bleep has got to stop. Yeah. yeah that was ridiculous. Hey, I'm an Iowa State fan. You're an Iowa State it, fan. I'm happy with the way things turned out. It's unbelievable. But holy Jesus, was that the worst it's, offense I've ever it's seen embarrassing. in Big Ten football. It's and that's saying something. It, it looks like the game has passed. The coaching staff by, which can happen. But but, but I, you can't fire him because he's your son. I know. I know. Well, but can. but let me let me <laughs> let me just get back to what there was a coach that did get rid of his son. I can't remember. It was like a, anyway. Well, I'll, some of us, somebody remind us. I thought it was. A, I had a safety off an, answer that I'm not uh, even going to say. I thought it was in the. Don't N- even. I actually thought it might have been in the Has NFL. Has to do with one of my favorite teams. Nope. Let's move on. Uh, what I was saying was what impressed me the most about Texas, even with that backup, with that other quarterback in. I was impressed with how they hit. When you were seeing the collisions on the field, 
when I saw the Bama guys struggling to get back up on their feet mm-hmm. because of the shots they were taking, I'm like, whoa, whoa, something's happening here. That something's happening here. Because then it means that your turnaround is not about just finding that quarterback. Because we saw Vince Young went there, and then all of a sudden, Mac, uh, the head coach, what's his name? Mac Brown. Mac Brown wins the national championship, yeah. right? But that really wasn't Texas. It was Vince Young. Yeah. Vince Young just single-handedly won them a title. No, yeah, right. what I was seeing against Alabama was an, uh, a philosophical change. When I saw guys hitting the way they were hitting, and they were – they were these weren't all cheap shots. They were laying out. I was texting. I was texting with Dre. I was like, "Are you watching the hitting going on in this Texas game?" Really? And he's like, "It's the first thing I noticed. The hitting. When you see that in big games, because you see less and less of it, I'm like, something's happening." Do there. you think the car crashes led to the stupid call in the end zone? Oh, were they originally? A, they boy, originally. That's a good point. Which I don't know how you could take away targeting. Was Saban bitching about it so much that his guys were wounded? I and don't wobbling. know, man. It's just there are some there. I have been so conditioned now. Anytime there's a big clean hit, I'm afraid they're going to throw a flag because the hit was too hard. Mm-hmm. Like we've seen, and in that game, you're right. There were several big clean hits. And I was waiting for the flag, and I go, that's a clean hit. Yeah. And I'm like, gosh, I'm so conditioned to see a flag yeah. shoot in from the corner of the TV. that Because I, I I was beside myself watching your OU-FAU game. Oh, God. And seeing some of the flags that were thrown there, I'm like, that's not targeting. I know his uh, head was down, uh, and I know by the letter of the law that's targeting, but that was still a clean hit. Yeah. Like, I, I know his form is bad, but are we? Are, what are we doing? Are we penalizing the form? We're doing that now? Well, a bad thing could have happened. A bad thing didn't happen. Right, right. I mean, because everything else in sports is if a bad thing happens, if a bad thing happens, we'll go after it. But a bad thing didn't happen. Well, we're, we're still seeing the 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 overcompensation for many years of not taking this stuff seriously. Yeah. So now it's the overcorrection, and I I know it's we we can debate forever what happened at the end of the Browns game when it came to the roughing the passer. Yeah. What I always say is. Helmets are going to hit. Think about it. I want you. I thought about this. I want you, <laughs> Ken Carmen, pretend you have a helmet on and walk, okay, in the direction of Owen. Owen, you have a helmet on. Let's say you. Okay, let me get my helmet. Let's say you, while Ken is walking to on. you with his helmet. Yep. With his helmet on, full pads, and yep. then you are stepping up to maybe make a pass okay. with your helmet on. Okay. Your helmets then hit. Did either of you lead with your helmet? No. Or did or did you just continue down your path? Uh, we've got it in our minds these days that, oh, helmet's helmet contact. Well, it depends. Are you leaping into somebody? Mm-hmm. Are you are your eyes? It's a big uh, point of emphasis in college football this year. We've, I've had the officials both times come up in the booth two hours before the game and talk about, first of all, the six-inch radius thing in the crown of the helmet and then talking about where the eye level is. So the eye level's mm-hmm. big now. If the eyes are looking, if I am looking at you, or Ken, with your helmet on, you are looking at Owen with your eyes and your helmets collide, it's actually okay. Because why? You did not you did not make a targeting motion. Right, listen to you. But, but but if your eyes were at a different level, then that means all of a sudden, what am I doing? I'm leading with my helmet. Look, my eyes are down. I am now making the motion of leading with my helmet because my eyes are down. I'm not looking at you. you how can the refs call this in a game? You guys are just showing how little peewee football you have coached in your life. Because <laughs> I've been teaching for years. Eyes to the skies. Yeah. Drive for five. 
rap and roll. Come oh, on, yeah. guys. I love this. Like yeah, bring this up on the air. Yeah. Really and that like you were football. on the chain gang. Yeah. And you didn't talk about this. I'm devastated because I want to know what that was like. Oh, Jason Lloyd was down there. He oh, Jason Lloyd saw it. I want. Did you? Did do you guys get yelled at by the coaches, or are you guys pretty much Can't hands talk off about that? You know, can't talk about that. That's inside stuff. Ooh. I can't let you what know what I know. What side is the chain gang? Are they right. We are on the visitor side. Is that everywhere? Are they always on the visitor yeah, side? Yeah, because you want to be able to see it from the press box. Why do you think there are so... Oh. Wait a minute. If you put it on the same side as the press box, it's harder to see. Yeah, that's right. You have to go on the opposing team's sideline. These, these little things I never pay attention to. Well, it's been those a thousand situations games. I've never the paid teams attention. on the other side of the press box. Yeah. The home team's on the other side of the yeah. press box. Which that's done on in colleges for TV purposes. Mm-hmm. They'll put them on the other sideline for te- for television, even though it doesn't matter now because there's so many TV yeah. or so many cameras. But that doesn't mean that the PA guy isn't the PA guy is the one that you care about. Right that's now. true. That's a good point. Yeah. And he's got to be able to see. He's got to announce. He's got to say it's third. Is your PA guy down? Avon Lake, right? Yep. Does your PA guy do play by play or does your PA guy do he PA does. guy he stuff? He will say there's a whole oh. swarm of bees on the tackle. I don't like it's Mark that. Urban. I like it in high school. I don't. No, 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 no. I don't. It's part of the home field advantage. It's part of the home field. I like Harry, it. Harry, we had the golden pipes of Dick Falbo, who mm. was the PA announcer. When he, knew, he when he announced your name, you knew you had made it. And, and that is the beauty of high school is the PA guys last for 30 years. Yes, they do. They don't go anywhere. They have job security. They pay to do it. Sometimes those guys are like, I'll pay to continue doing this. I love it so much. Uh, upsets. Biggest upset of the weekend. Um, I, I still think it's Notre Dame. I think it's Notre Dame. Is Marcus Freeman already on the hot seat? No, I, I wouldn't say hot seat. It would have to be abysmal this year where everybody would have to look at each other Did, and go, we made a big mistake. Do you think you're right about the Bill Stewart comparison? <sighs> Bill Stewart was a lifetime assistant. Yep. Marcus Freeman got to Notre Dame what? Two years I ago, wanted him so. to get the Virginia Tech job, it would have been, get Virginia yeah. Tech going, then go to Notre Dame. Did Marcus Freeman overlook the prestige of Notre Dame as the coach? No, I, you know what? I think he knew exactly what he was getting himself into, but he, how do you, what, do you turn it down? You can't. You can't. Can't turn if it the down. The job's offered. You have it's to. It's an take amazing it. coup. Um, but, you know, what? He goes and hires. God, it's going to sound terrible. We've had him on the air. Doesn't he hire James Laurinaitis? Laurinaitis. Yeah. Notre Dame's one of those Laurinaitis jobs. hasn't been coaching. He's been doing radio shows. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Yeah. You're, you've got to build the best staff. And who's the Tommy <laughs> Reese? Yeah. How long has Tommy Reese been now, doing hold this? hold on. Tommy You're not Reese. doing yourself any favors. Tommy Reese has been a good play caller. For how many he, years? For just a couple of Man. years. Man. He might that, be great. That's but... one of the problems that we have with this newfangled thinking, and I hate saying it like that, but the newfangled notion of coaching college football like and coaching Sanders. football I can just in general. jump in and coach. Exactly. And he actually did an okay And we job. go with young guys who go out there, and we want the next, the wonderkins out there, the young guys, the, the Sean McVeighs, and they're not all ready to do it, man. They're not all ready to do it. For everyone that is, there's a reason that all these older coaches surround themselves with who? Older coaches. Yes. They trust the old. Not Doesn't mean they're always look right at, either. Look at some of the coaches that Matt Campbell has with him. Yep. A couple of them guys are some buzzards. That's a great point. A, great a couple point. of them dudes are buzzards. You need some of them old buzzards around you to make sure there's a mix of hot. Because Who did Kevin Stefanski? Who did Kevin Stefanski? So what was one of the Bill most Callahan. important hires? Yes. Bill Callahan. 
Yes. Who has no problem dressing down anybody at any time is a madman. You need that. Because he's been in, in football coaching, either in the NFL. The guy coaching the Super Bowl, for crying out loud. Either an either a NFL head coach or a college football coach for 30 years. I mean, the guy, and I'm, and I'm not even giving him enough credit for the years he's done it. You need some of them guys, man. But when you have a lot of young guys, you can have a high-energy staff. But do they know how to dig deep? Mm-hmm. Do they know how to coach a close game? Do they know how to apply the right pressure on another coach to make sure he's the one who blinks in close game? That's why, like, a guy like Pat Fitzgerald, he's going to go through, like, this year's going to be a bit lean. Things will get better eventually. But you look at the, the, the work that Pat Fitzgerald has put together. Pat wins close games. I talk about him first name like I know him. Fitzgerald wins close games because he has to. He knows how to manage That's how game. you get to bowl games. You, yeah. you, you don't go to bowl games at Northwestern blowing everybody out. You're going to win... 17-14, you're going to win 24-20. And that's real coaching. That's, that's managing. real coaching. You have yes. no talent advantage. Yes. You have to manage. Because it, I hate to, because it, I, I want to give proper credit to the best of the best. But you and I both know for the best of the best, I don't know, Saban's a bad example because he's such a psycho. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say it with Urban. Urban had the thing set on autopilot during most games. I don't give a damn. I almost said a cuss word. I don't give a damn what anybody says. You know, as an Ohio State fan, that thing was set on autopilot with a lot of opponents that he played against when he was well, at Ohio State. That's why they dropped huge and these, they, these non-games that nobody knew about exactly. at noon kickoff against Iowa. Because they were just better teams, and yeah. then all of a sudden, every now and Purdue. then, when you're on autopilot, Purdue, Iowa... The scare against uh, Maryland. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You had to pull that one out. Overtime game, right? Like, there are teams that, and and, and if you look like Purdue and Iowa at the time, Purdue, historically, Joe Tiller, ball in the air, ball in the air, ball in the air. Brome, did they have David Bell at that time? No, I don't think they did. Oh. This was years ago. Oh, years ago. Yeah, that was years ago. These are teams that play Mm. tough, slow it down, sloppy Big Ten football. And so if they slop it up and throw you off your rhythm, and you don't know how to respond to that emotionally and physically. Yeah, you're young. you got you're all these kids. You're not going to be able to do it. They might be five stars, but they're shell-shocked. We're running low on time. We have to address this. Scott Frost fired. You know who's the four-to-one odds to take the job. Pros and cons. Nebraska. Hit it. Let's go. Um, pros is they will spare no expense. They care about football there. It is number one. You don't have to worry about anything else. You call the shots as the head coach there. You want to get on the plane that is supplied by the boosters to go anywhere at any time? You get that. That's given to you. It's actually not the case at every school. I know people think it is nowadays. It's actually not. Uh, They're starting to watch the budgets more and more at Nebraska. That will never be an issue. Yep. Um, I'd say cons right now is they have fallen so far. In the Big Ten, the unfortunate, unrealistic expectations by a fan base that had one of the best runs in football, and they remember that like it was yesterday, and they expect you to be able to get back there tomorrow, which yeah. is never happening. And now you're adding USC to the conference. We're getting closer and closer to these super conferences. Nebraska is going to be down that pecking order uh, more and more and more, and they have unrealistic expectations. That is what makes me nervous. But, but the money's good. Money will be good. So I always think cons You'll first. You'll be able to take care of your whole coaching staff, generational money for the rest of their lives, for your life. Yeah. You'll never have to worry again. And if you can figure out a way to keep the job for seven years, eight years, ten years. I think cons first in these, in these scenarios. 
anytime you're thinking about a big move, you got to think cons first. And this isn't just for the guy we know. This is for everybody. My cons with Nebraska football. Other than money, how good of a job is it in 2022? I think they'll hand you a blank check. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. How good of a job is it? That's not necessarily a terrible thing. It's a concern. So I don't even know if it's a con. Are the expectations realistic? I no longer think so. They'll never, never be there. At a school like Nebraska. Now, the playoff format isn't coming until 2026. You could hire and fire another coach before you even get to the playoffs, before the playoff format mm-hmm. really changes. So you got to think about that. I think that, and I try to tie my shoes here in the middle of things. It sucks when my voice is out. Do they believe that a 9-3 and three season is good? Go ask Bo Pelini. Mm-hmm. Now, part of that. Is that because they're paying so much GD money? Next year they take nine and three with Matt Campbell. Hell yeah, they would. See, this is what I'm thinking here. He'd be the he'd be the golden child. I, I see I, I see Nebraska and I see red flags. Because I'm thinking Bo Pelini. Bo Pelini did not have NIL. Bo Pelini had to no. recruit and get guys to stand in a cornfield. And Bo Pelini did a good job. I think Bo Pelini was a good coach. And I bet there's some Nebraska fans who miss Bo Pelini oh, a little bit. Oh, I bet you they Just all like do I right think now. there were some Nebraska fans that miss Frank Solich a little bit, but somebody had to fall on the sword after mm. Tom Osborne. Look at it now. What is Scott Frost's record in one loss game or one one score games? Was it five and twenty three? Oh my God! Yeah, in one score games. Not that. Not that Matt Campbell or Matt Rule or somebody else would come in and just switch that to 22-5 and five right off. But you can't expect – I mean, that's how Matt wins at Iowa State. Close, one-score football games. That's how you win. I mean, yeah, you can go out there against Simu or Simo and blow their doors off, and you can go out there against Kansas of the past, even though Lance Leipold's starting to build something there. They're 2-0 and to start off the season. I don't know if, I don't know if Kansas is that bad anymore. But you could used to be able to go out there and just blow the doors off Kansas. And TCU fell apart. Now they're different. They got a new coach. Kansas State, you see what Adrian Martinez is doing. And and Colin Klein is their offensive coordinator. Remember Colin Klein? And so you're starting to see some teams change their level. But you have to go out there and you have to win in one-score games. Matt can do that. I think a lot of coaches still can. Scott Frost wasn't able to do it. He clutched up, and nothing was bigger to me than the Ohio State game. You're 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 not favored in this game. What are you doing kicking field goals when you're down there? Go down there and go for the balls. What are you doing? And I got mad. I got frustrated with Scott Frost over that last year. Now this year, the the, the wheels fell off. One score game, they're up by two scores. You do that stupid stuff. Now I think it's a coach not trusting himself and not trusting the changes he made with the staff. Mm. So you got to pitch this year. You get some of the same players to come back, and now you have an obscene amount of NIL money. You have it coming in. Nebraska is much better financed than what a lot of us realize. Do you have a guy, Matt's a big family guy, culture guy. Do you have a guy who can coach him? Yes. Do you have a guy who can recruit him as a hell of a salesman? I don't think he's the type of salesman that can just hit the road and go mm. and sell and bring in recruits and things like that. But you have a process now that can go out and I wish I could use a better I, I want to use a better term because I just think it's too sleazy. 
to get players to come to your school. If you get what I'm saying, I hate it when people say buy players, but they can offer the best for players and their financial future. You actually have that at Nebraska with their, with their alumni base. So can you go out there and compete? And with USC coming in, can you be still a competitor in the Big Ten West? Because that's where you'll put them in. Yeah. You put them in the West. Although I think the conferences might, the divisions might be out in oh, a few well, years. Yeah, they okay, might. Okay, the, the pool play or whatever. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. Could do that. Could you still be a top four program in the Big Ten? Because top four mm-hmm. in the Big Ten, depending on where you slide in that mm-hmm. top four, you're a playoff team, and that's your goal. Yeah, you'd be you'd have a shot, and if you pulled off an upset, Ohio State, Penn State. Um, you certainly would have USC will be in the, you know, the conference, but their culture is very important to them. Now, now Matt's great with culture. Now I'm nervous because Notre Dame is, or excuse me, Nebraska is crazy. Yeah, they are crazy. And I would say, you know, as a fan, I look at, I, we, now you and I have been to Iowa state. Ames is a nice town, but do they have the emphasis on football that Nebraska does? Not no, even no, close. not even close. So he's going to, I mean, at some point, maybe Matt he Campbell wants to has grow. had to beg, borrow, and steal yes. for everything at that school. But at the same time, is this is a place that does love him. Would that be the right move? I'm not sure if it's the right move, at least not right not now. Not right now. I just don't know what the right move is for him outside of Michigan and Notre Dame. I think those schools are perfect. I think Michigan's too perfect. It's I, like it's it's yeah. almost Michigan's almost yeah. so perfect. I, it's it's unbelievable that it would ever happen. I think those schools would be perfect for him. I do. I'm, I'm sure. But some I'm people sure, would say. I'm sure he'd like to be at Ohio State. I don't know how good of a match that is with where they are now. I don't know. I think some fans would fight back and be like, "Wait a second, we want five star recruits." Not knowing if Matt Campbell could deliver that, uh, even though I think he would. I think he would easily. But I, I, I think there would be some fans who'd be nervous about I that. I think a guy like him and, and, a, and a handful of other coaches out there. I think he's, I think he's the last of a of a not dying breed but he is the youngest of a breed of guys that want to actually, you know, care about each other. You know, Dabo will go out and say stupid things. Mm-hmm. Dabo does believe until graduation do we part. Like, he is a big culture family guy. You get any Clemson Tiger and talk about him, and Dabo will try to talk you into making him a first-round pick. He still thinks Taj Boy could walk mm-hmm. into a Browns locker room right now and go beat the Jets <laughs> right. on Sunday. And that's belief, and that's love, and those guys love him. No matter how much we all look at him and go, "What a, what an idiot!" They love him, and I and I look at that type of coach and I go, "It works at Clemson. They got big money. Would it work in a lot of other places?" I think Michigan would be perfect, but they got Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, and I just see Nebraska, and I go, "Who would work at Nebraska?" He could work in Nebraska. Could Matt Rule work in Nebraska? He worked at Baylor. Yeah, yeah, I think he could. Where who else could get that job and make it work? Owen, you got a suggestion? You got anything over there on this? Yeah, I'm just waiting for Anthony to tell me to take off this football helmet we put on 30 minutes ago. Oh, oh. come on, come on! That was nitty gritty. Because I was, I, I thought that was fun. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 